All right. So here's the thing. Multi-time founder working with um, 1099s, working with full-time employees, working with all kinds of partners, agencies, vendors, et cetera, et cetera. And the very first time that I was approached by an HR group, and I would say that they'll remain nameless, but I'm just going to say it's ADP. Um, I, I I loved them. I loved the passion. I loved all the things, but I didn't love, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the 52 emails that I got when I had to onboard. Uh, I didn't love that I didn't have any ability to control being billed for payroll, even though I didn't know when I was going to do payroll. I think big organizations maybe don't recognize that startup companies, we say we're going to pay you twice a, a month, and you could ask my team, and they could tell you sometimes you don't get paid once a month. Um, and so when you run payroll in a startup, sometimes you you don't know how much money's coming in, and if you've raised a certain amount of money, like you you think you're a big boy, so then you set up first and 15th. And then all of a sudden, 12 months goes by and you're not on 1st and 15th anymore because that money that you just raised is gone. And now it's sort of like, I think 1st, but it could be 5th, but probably the 27th, but maybe. Uh, and that's a problem that, quite honestly, doesn't work for larger HR platforms that I have seen. That's just been a, a, a problem with their model as it pertains to helping me. Um, and so I decided to bring in somebody who I thought could actually... Uh, you know, I don't know, help that problem. Uh, and in an HR group that is more aligned with the values and needs of a startup community, not just saying there's a startup market that we want to attach ourselves to, but literally start to solve startup problems in HR. Uh, and so one of those happened to be a group that literally is across the hall from us at TechNexus, and that was Cognos. Uh, so I brought uh, Bob Cerrone. Did I get that the name right? I right. finally get a name right for, for once. Uh, I decided to invite him to come on the show and talk about it. We've, we've had HR companies. Bob, just full disclosure, uh, Trinet is a partner of Technori. Uh, we've had Trinet on. We've had Insperity on. We've had ADP, believe it or not, on. We had Wolf Point Advisors on at one point. I don't even know if they're still doing the same thing anymore. Probably not. Uh, we've had them all at the same time, which is actually a true story, believe it or not. Uh, a lot of signed waivers and things for that one, but we, we did it all at once. Um, and, and I think I still don't know any more than I did then, or any less than I did then, uh, about how as a startup founder to actually use HR to help propel my company. I know once I get to a certain level what to do, but I'm not at that level. Right. How do I get to that level and use HR as, as a benefit? It's, I mean, it's literally benefits as in the name of the damn company. How do I get that as a benefit? So I, I think... Um, before you and I go off the deep end talking about HR and, and, the, and like the, the details, why don't you give us all sort of a quick synopsis of what Cognos does and, and what your sort of you know what your focus point is? Sure. Um, well, you said it before. Uh, technology companies, early stage startups, growth companies are really our focus. We do business in other industries as well, but I would say the majority of our clientele are in the tech space, uh, by and large, early stage companies. And, and, and the reason Cognos HR has chosen that marketplace, not only because I think we've, got, we've learned to understand it really well and, and we apply um, uh, our, our, our own internal policies and procedures and processes to that very well, 
but we I think we've hired a staff that that really understands what it's like to be able to uh, go through a process by which you're starting a company for the first time, you're really concerned about you know appeasing or pleasing your your investors, right? If you're looking at outside money, and even if you're bootstrapping, you're concerned about dollars every single day, and and that's wearing on you. So, what we try to do is to say, you know, it's some of the things that are sort of the minutia outside of that, of that big picture stuff that you're worried about every day. Why don't you offload that to, to Cognos HR? And, and a lot of that is our personnel issues. A lot of that are issues that come on a day-in, day-out basis. Now, we do business, for instance, with uh, 1871, right? You guys are, to, to my knowledge, are like the official partner for this. We are. 1871. We are. So, so we're there. You know, we're, we're at Catapult. We're at ITA and TechNexus. Tiny I mean, so, Chicago incubators. Just right. Just the smallest, yeah, small. most, <laughs> That's right. most nondescript incubators you've right. ever, never heard of. So, I mean, it, it's really worked well there. But but I think what, what you find is if you've got a one or two, you know, just to start, if here's an early stage company that they've just gotten some funding or they've gotten some money to, to bootstrap what they're going to do and they're one or two employees, it, there's really no need for somebody like Cognos. There's certainly no need for somebody like Insperity or ADP or Trinet at that point. But if we can impart some support vis-a-vis our, our relationship with ITA, our relationship with 1871, or our relationship with Catapult, then we can give them some pretty good ideas along the way because we're doing lunch and learns all the time. We're providing information to them, and we're not looking to necessarily get reimbursed for that. We just want to be able to provide that. And, yeah, selfishly, you bet. I, you know, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't want to have them as a client as they grew. But it, it, it makes sense for us to be able to do that when they're, when they're early so we can give them the information they want. And some of that information is how do I prepare to start looking at a benefit plan? How do I prepare for the next employee that I get in terms of how do I onboard them? Not in terms of the process itself, but I have no idea even how to write an offer letter. Yep. How do I do that? And then, you know, those things along the way are going to come to, to fruition. And then along the way, more things will happen, like the benefits piece. And that's where I think we really come into play, and, and, and the value really is born from that. So uh, before we get into this, are you, with Cognos, are you guys handling companies for the most part, for the life of the company? Like, I mean, you, are you meeting a startup and then they're growing series A, B, C, D and you, you stay along the whole way? Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good question. So our smallest company, our smallest client is probably three employees. Yep. Our largest is 550. Okay. So we have been able to stay with clients as they've gone through A, B, C, D, right? The rounds of, of funding. I, I will tell you, our relationship with them changes. Yeah. Because once you start getting a couple hundred employees, you start creating your own HR infrastructure. Yep. And uh, what we've tried to do is to say there's still an element of HR, which is all about administration. It's either benefit administration or HR administration, which are really time-consuming day-to-day things, which really aren't very exciting. They're very boring, but people need answers. And people need answers right away. These are employees that need yep. answers. Well, companies, by and large, really don't want to do that. They'd rather be focused on more strategic things, which I think makes a lot of sense. So if we can take a larger company and price our services effectively to where they see, oh, that makes a lot of sense for us, we'd have to hire two or three people to do what Cognos does for us. We can go ahead and price it, and we can take that off their plates. Then we can continue to keep a client uh, all the way up until they're 550 employees. I was going to say, I, I feel like one of the one of the outstanding areas for you here, potentially financially, is at least it's part of the model, uh, is that you you've helped you've earned their trust, 
And in the end, when they get to the point of hiring their own infrastructure, building their own infrastructure, they may not need to lean on you the way that they did before. Right. But you can essentially be their 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 consultant agency of record. Like we, you know, how we got here. Right. How do I get out of this little bind that we're in? Please recommend whatever X Y Z we should do. Which, quite honestly, it's a different uh, it's a it's a different payment model for you. Potentially very lucrative because the time that they're going to need you is going to be very high level time. Yeah, I, I think so. And we're also another set of eyes and ears for them too. So we're sort of at that point, maybe we serve more as backup yep. to them, but we also provide, I think, a very high level of expertise. And and the other thing is, we really pride ourselves in terms of our customer service. Our staff is, and everybody's going to talk about how great their staffs are, and yeah. and 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 that's okay. Companies should be doing that. Most of their staffs are actually kind of weak, as it turns out. But, <laughs> but our staff, but our staff really is is outstanding, and and we we have we have goals internally in terms of response. Where a lot of companies might say, if you send us an email at eight o'clock uh, this morning on on Tuesday morning, we'll promise within 24 hours you'll have an answer back, or certainly by the end of the day, or within 24 hours of the email received. I will tell you that most of our responses to our clients are within minutes. We want to get answers back, and these are employees too, not just clients asking questions on behalf of their employees, but employees that reach directly out to us and ask questions. We want to get them answers immediately, which kind of goes back to why that administrative thing should be taken off the plate of those owner-operators, those high-level people within the organization, because just to answer a question for an employee you know, I'm a five or ten person company. I'm a founder. An employee comes up to me and says, "I'm not really sure I understand that benefit plan." And can you tell me the difference between an out-of-pocket cost and a deductible? Now, is the founder going to sit there and sit with the person, and he, he or she probably wants to be able to be, you know, conscious or cognizant of the question, and and support that person? But at the end of the day, if they have somebody like Cognos, they can say, "Hey, you know what Cognos does for us, right? And you know that Aaron's our our, our HR uh, support person." <clears throat> Or it's, or it's Ann, or it's Kim. So why don't you go ahead and give them a call and they'll answer the question. Now, they've go ahead and they've, they've offloaded that. They're saving 10 minutes probably. Yep. Now they're also giving it to somebody who has the expertise to answer the question immediately because the founder's going to have to go to somebody and get the right answer anyway. And then somebody's going to have to get yep. back. So well, that it's, process. It's all dead time. It is. It's dead yeah. time. And the, the, the thing is, and this blows my mind, uh, it's, it's something that has literally made me that's the same thing I've saw I've talking to people about like lawyers. It drives me absolutely insane. <clears throat> almost every solid business, well, almost every solid business, every successful business has a focus on customer relationships, on customer experience. And if you go to the website of almost every single one, they have uh, Zendesk or Facebook or whatever messenger chatbot on their Facebook on their website, right. so that if if the customer wants to know how does this work. Why does this work? Why is my package broken? Blah, 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 blah. They can ask a question and get an answer immediately. And the, the really successful companies respond immediately. Right. And yet internally, no companies have a chat, very few, have a chat messenger system or an immediate response system for HR. It has blown my mind forever why they've not taken the approach of having somebody other than the CEO or somebody who like, and even if the company's four people or, or 400. If people have a question about this, ask the person who knows. Right. But you'd have a line around the door that you used a person, Anne, as an example. If Anne is my HR department chairman, she'd have a line around the door. Right. You can't do that to Anne. So we have to have some sort of mechanism in place. And it just blows my mind that that is never, I've never heard that from anyone who's like, you have to just 
just field questions and and take pride in responding back. That's like I would I feel like that would be the first step in a, in a healthy culture. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And and even though a lot of that is today, listen, all the information that's out there today electronically is people take full advantage of and and rightly so. But there's also a differentiator, and perhaps that's some of the differentiators between us and, say, an Insperity and a Trine and an ADP, that the whole human element for us, having, as I mentioned, people that are actually there to answer questions, and, and when we answer questions in, in two or three minutes, it's, it's not a bot. Yeah. Right, it, yeah. it's actually a person. Yeah, I'm not answering talking about questions. Bots, yeah. Right, right, real but, people. But it's actually a person answering the question. So I, I, I think it's something that really then kind of raises us to a different level of not only getting people uh, answers back quickly, but really on and maintaining sort of our level of expertise. But the level of satisfaction that that's derived from that continues to intensify every time we answer a question. An employee goes back to their employer and say, "Boy, th- that was really great. I really got an answer immediately." And that, and obviously, that helps us. How how big is the Cognos team now? So we're twenty people. Okay, and they're, and, they're and, based and growing. Uh, you know, by and large, we're in we're in Chicago, right? I have one person in Michigan, yep. uh, in Detroit. Uh, but we are by and large here in Chicago, and we'll continue to grow the Chicago market. Having said that, because we do business in the tech space, I think we right now are registered in 46 states. Yeah. So with the respective departments of revenue, uh, because somebody or we have a developer in Portland, Oregon, so we're having to provide uh, payroll and, and whatever expertise in that state as well, which we pride ourselves in doing too. Um, but yeah, we, we, I love the Chicago market. Heck, I was born and raised here. Um, my first company was founded here and, uh, there, there is a lot that Chicago, I love the fact that tech community continues to grow. The, the ecosystem continues to work really well together. We're happy to be a part of it. And I think we have more to offer. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that it's, it's good for you to have the tech ecosystem in Chicago grow as you're based here and helping all the tech companies. Right, right. So that's probably a good thing. Uh, so let's talk about the nitty-gritty part of this now because sure. I'm going to be totally honest. Uh, handling payroll scares the shit out of me. It just does. It's brutal. It is like the one thing. I don't have a problem reading and learning about every sort of piece of business, but I am mortified when it comes to sending the information back to the government when it's tax time to the 1099s. What is a 1099? What is not a 1099? What's an employee? What constitutes part-time versus full-time? Uh, d- just dealing with all of it. So, like, for me, uh, I hired a bookkeeper in Paro. You probably know the guys at Paro. Yep. Very um, well. They're a client. Yep. <laughs> of course they are. Yep. Uh, startup <laughs> company in Chicago. Uh, and so, like, I love Michael what they're doing. So they handle our books because uh, that was a whole other conversation. Um, and then when it came to, to doing payroll and stuff, I just did QuickBooks just to keep things kind of in a row until I got to the point where I felt like I would work with a Cognos and have like start offering real benefits. Sure. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, what, like what advice do you save me? Like what, what, what is, what should people like me do other than just immediately hire you? What do people like me do? Well, I think what you're going to do is oftentimes, and, and I'm, I'm sure companies like Paro don't necessarily love doing payroll. Yeah, but they'll do it. Yeah, obviously, and it's not their strong. So, like, right. I, would, I wouldn't recommend companies spend money on companies and, and services and apps that aren't. That's not their. Like, if you're going to do it, use a payroll. Yeah, but but in a, in a very early stage, it might be a good solution because whatever they're going to do, they're going to do well. So, and and again, they want to grow with you as well at, at the same time. Um, 
I would say if you do QuickBooks and you know, and everybody for the most part, a lot of people base their their, their payroll and their general ledger on, on on QuickBooks. Just you know, make sure you go through the process carefully and, and slowly. And you know, hey, you always have us to, to lean on and ask questions. I mean, if you if you really have any questions, we're happy to even send one of our payroll people to answer questions for you, even if you have general questions, even though we're not touching it. But I would say the advice is. Really, really make sure you're paying attention to the deadlines to, um, uh, from a tax reporting standpoint. That is the most important thing. I, and that's not to dismiss or minimize the fact that paying employees is really important on time. That's very important. But at the end of the day, you know, you can work with employees in terms of that, uh, of that flexibility. The government's not going to be flexible. Employees leave. The they, man throws your ass in jail. That's right. They <laughs> are not flexible. They're going to say tough you yep. know what? We're not flexible. And at the end of the day, you're going to be paying penalties and interest on a late payment. So that's, uh, above all, you want to avoid that mistake. So I, I've wanted to ask this of every person I've ever met who's worked in HR. What got you into this? What what attracted you to this? Because like, I feel like you've got to be very neat and orderly. Like You've got to be a person, like if the, if the T's aren't crossed, the I's aren't dotted, like... Like what? What? Because because for me, like I would walk into into HR and be like, oh my god! Like I couldn't even. I don't even know. So, like in my personal life, I I'm not necessarily a a, a, a neat nick from from yeah. that standpoint. Um, but I'm I'm an educator by trade, so I have a degree in special education. And when I when I taught school, originally, um, the whole concept and and that was something that I remember graduating college. I can remember a buddy of mine, his father came up to me and he says, "So, so Bob, what are you going to do with your life?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to be a teacher." He looks at me and goes, "What for?" And I said, "Well, that's I really want to do that. I mean, there's something inside of me that really wants to teach." And he's like, "Wow." So, you know, and I'm like, wow, why are we so turned off about that for? But it really was sort of ingrained in me. It was Hope something in eight. my wife doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah. No, no teacher. <laughs> I, I loved it. And I, and I thought it was great. I think that helped me. And that was sort of the, um, that was sort of the, 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 the launching pad for me to get an HR. Because if you think about education and human resource management, they're very similar. Yeah. No, they're that's very, a very, very, very similar. True. And uh, a lot of babysitting. <laughs> There is a lot of babysitting, but there's also a lot of, you know, when you're doing a lesson plan as a teacher, yep. you have to do something so people can under, so your students understand what you're presenting. The whole idea, and I've always said this, if I could, if I could get a classroom of kids to understand a lesson, I can walk into any boardroom and be famous in there because they'd understand everything I was talking about. True. Because you're looking at a different level of, of, of cognitive ability, right? So Same maturity I, level usually, though. <laughs> well, sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but That's yeah. a whole other story that H- – well, that's actually – that's a good segue, though, because that really is another HR problem in the startup community that I think is incredibly unique uh, to large businesses. That in the, in the startup world, you're adding board members and you're adding people and they're – in some cases, working in the capacity of an employee of your company. In some cases, they're not sure. paying them. How do you pay them? I'm an owner. Do I pay myself a salary? And if so, how? And am I am I just taking dividends? And if so, how do I personally take care of taxes and, and put it on the books? Like That's questions I think that is very unique to startups, which is another, to your point, one of the reasons that larger larger benefit companies maybe have a hard time working in the space yeah it's we we are we're very flexible another big differentiator with the cognos is you mentioned before you know payroll and 
maybe missing a, a payroll date and missing a deposit to the payroll company. Listen, we didn't go out there and advertise, hey, if you're late, it's okay. Yeah. But we really deal much differently than the others. They're, they're very hard and fast. They're like the government. Yeah. You can't miss with ADP. No. You cannot miss with them. If I told you how much money I lost on, on weekly on the biweekly polls, because for ADP, for the most part, they charge on the poll. It's not like QuickBooks, they don't. You just pay right. whatever subscription, right. which is why I moved. Uh, it was something like $125 every week was getting pulled out, despite the fact that I hadn't run payroll in like six months. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Right. But my point of that is going back to your, your, your point about you know, doing K-1s or whatever at the end yeah. of the year and, and paying yourself or not paying yourself. We'll, we'll support that process and, and help walk you through. And you know, along with your accountant, who's going to be very important in the whole process, we'll work with your accounting firm and, and see what's best. And whatever is best, you know, we're going to help process on your behalf. So it's a, it's a good relationship. And we like having communication. We're not, you know, accountants are not our enemy. Accountants are our friend, yeah. and especially accountants that are close closely tied to their clients that are happy to communicate with us. We like that even better. I will tell you as a founder out there, if you're a successful founder, the two best friends that you should have other than make your family is your lawyer and your accountant. Right. We make fun of them all the time, but the reality is that you make fun of anyone who keeps, you know, it's just like married men always make fun of their wives. It's like, she keeps me in line. You know, it's true. Right. Like the, the lawyers, my, my lawyer officiated my wedding. That's how, how much I, wow. I keep my lawyer close to me. Um, and my, as far as accountant goes, it's the same thing. Like they, they literally know the pulse of your company, and they see it. You know, they've done this a thousand times. They can see when ripples are coming. You bet. Uh, and I, I think it's really important to to know that. Uh, another question I want to get from you on on in particular as it relates to startups in this uh, in the HR world is dealing with the problems from a from an HR standpoint of of uh, of startups. It's unique. You get infighting. You get, uh, you know, boards that are have put a bunch of money in you, and then all of a sudden they're imploring you to fire and hire, and sometimes even kicking the CEO out. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens. What do you got? You know, do you guys get involved in that? What do you recommend? Like, what what do I do before I get kicked out of my own CEO role? So we do get involved, especially because we have a unique relationship with our clients because we have what we consider to be and, and legally is recognized to be a co-employment relationship. Now, traditionally, that doesn't mean that we have any ability at direction and control of the company. That's our client's responsibility. Yep. Day in, day out, direction and control over the employees. You know, managing, you know, things like how do I pay people? How much do I pay people? That's all up to the client. But when it comes to issues like, say, terminations, uh, any kind of offboarding issue, then we want to be there to be present, to be able to lend our expertise. Even if our clients have a law firm or have an attorney on their board, we still like to be party to that. Number one, because we have shared liability in our relationship. And in a way, if you think about that for a second, that's really good for the client because that shared liability means that we have, you know, we have a stake in the game as well, right? We have, we have, a, we have a place at the table in terms of there's risk for us. So we want to make sure whatever advice we're giving to the client, that's advice that's going to be advice that we'd be giving to ourselves. Yep. So I, I, think that's, I think that's really important. But um, and listen, we've had clients follow to the letter before they terminate somebody they call us and we walk through the process we've had others terminate somebody and say we just terminated you know scott okay what's next we go 
Oh, locked the doors. Okay. Well, and then we just kind of go through, and hopefully the processes that have been in place previously to follow, you know, have been followed, and therefore, even if they have done so, there should be no issue in terms of any repercussions concerning somebody coming back saying they were yeah. not terminated correctly. Or there's any kind of wrongful termination. I. This is like the advice that I'll, you always get the you hear this from particularly fathers, but you get the the do as I say, not as I do. I am a guilty party of this. Like I run like the loosest ship ever. Like it's just I'm all over the place, man. Um, but when it comes to certain things, I'm like super. I preach it and I try to do it super by the book. And I, I think one of the things you've got to do by the book, you know, anything that is going to end up being turnover of the government, I recommend doing. Unless you're running a Ponzi scheme, in which case you probably shouldn't tell anybody. Uh, you should do everything by the book. The Again, the legal stuff and the accounting and in HR, they're the three things that are going to, if anything at all, is going to come back to get you. Right. If you're a founder and you have the tremors, and if you're a founder and you know what I'm talking about, it's that like, did I leave the door open for something down the road? Like, I've got this great thing going. When's it going to come back and get me? You can literally eliminate the nighttime tremors by always involving your H the right HR people in every hire and fire so that somebody is there to go, I was there, that did happen, or that did not happen, or that's exactly how this was, or they followed protocol the entire way through. There is no liability. And the lawyer is standing right behind your HR going, and I signed the contract, so right. I know it's locked in. And the accountant's like, yeah, we paid him every single day. That was a payroll. Like, we're good. Right. If you can do that, you can solve every single problem that happens as you grow in minutes, not months. Sure. And it's, listen, that an ounce of prevention, right? And and so what we want to make sure that we, we impart uh, to our clients is it's no matter even the process you go through in the beginning, I mean, you can be as cross every T and dot every I to perfection. At the end of the day, you can't prevent somebody in the state of Illinois, even though it's an at-will work state, you can't prevent somebody from filing a wrongful termination suit. You just can't do it. If somebody is there, if an attorney is there in this case to pick up the case, that's what that's what's going to happen. You just want to make sure that everything you've done previous to that, yep. everything you've done has been signed off on by the client, has been discussed and along the way, people agree that that's the process, that's the path forward. So if somebody does come with something that's, you know, after the fact, that really has no merit, you're prepared. All right. On the final note here, I want to have you just give me the elevator pitch for why we should start using Cognos HR. Because we're really good at what we do. You've and got we more time than that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we... We really care about our clients. We put a lot of time and effort into not only our, our, our systems, our software, but our, our, our processes for providing very high-level expertise on behalf of our clients. We keep, a, we keep abreast of the law. We make sure all the changes, which are ever-changing in terms of um, employment law changes, that affect employers on a day-to-day -day basis. We are not attorneys. We don't pretend to be attorneys. We have um, relationships with two law firms, and we use those two law firms when we have to on behalf of our clients. But when it comes to matters relating to how a company gets started, how a company starts to grow, and how they can offload some of the things that are only going to bog them down, we really, I think, have that formula for helping them grow and helping them do so on, on, on a very, very high-level and accurate basis. And, and I think what has to be said, too, is the PEO business and our business, we help our clients by, as we provide things like health care, as we provide HR support, payroll support. 
we're trying to provide scale for them, right? We're trying to get to the point where we can scale this. Well, it's interesting. We need to scale ourselves as well. I mean, internally, that scale has to go both ways. So as we as we scale that, then we're able to provide that client a on a fee basis our services for, frankly, significantly less money than what the major players are in this industry. And we can do so because we're not an institution. We are a player that is totally focused on a market, and we're able to do so as well, if not better, for a, for a lower cost. Very cool. Where do people go to learn more about it? Go to CognosHR.com. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much. Of course. You can catch this episode of more at Technori.com. Listen to all of our stuff at listen.technori.com. Follow us at Technori.com or at Technori on everything social. And, of course, you can follow me at Katoon. Boom. That's a wrap.